This episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds is sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTIs, counselor, and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. They are the fabulous learning nerds. Because if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott, Dan, and Abby are making it fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. They're gonna keep you with turning the fabulous learning nerds. Fabulous learning nerds. Oh yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of your fabulous learning nerds. My name is Scott Trudy. I'm your host, and with me today, you love her. She's the Duchess of Design, Abby Dawson. Everybody. <laughs> Abby. Hey there, Scott. How are you doing? Can I can I rip it off and go fair to Midland? Can I do that today? Fair <laughs> to Midland. <laughs> yes, you can. And you did a really good job with it too. Um, Dan is out. I got the I party too hard last night email from Dan, so he's not with us. But we do have Abby, and she is fair to Midland, and I'm so glad that you ripped that off because. <laughs> I think you that gotta works. take your shots when you get them, right? Totally take your shots when you get them. So that's <laughs> fantastic. Do you got spring break coming up pretty soon? I would imagine. Um, I guess so. I don't know. We our our kid's still in. He's in pre K, so daycare. But yeah, it's our last year of not really having to be beholden to a school schedule. Yeah, I've, it's funny. I'm, I'm um, an empty nester in in my life, um, unless you count the dogs, but they don't have school. So that's that. But I'm finding in all of my coworkers, um, you know, that that have kids, they're it it they're getting all the great time off, right? The President's Day was not a, a day that we took, but oh, but I got kids, so I get to have mm-hmm. President's Day off, and I get to have spring break, and yeah, it was fantastic. Um, no, I'm not going to go have any more kids. I'm kind of kids. So. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, folks, we're not uh, alone uh, this morning. We have an absolutely fantastic guest, and uh, we're going to learn all about him in a little segment that we call What's Your Deal? Hey, man. What's your deal? Tim. Hey, Scott. Hi, Abby. Hey, what's your deal, my friend? My deal is mental fitness. Just like you can get physically fit, you can get mentally fit. Awesome. So tell us a little bit, like, how did you get into this space uh, of mental fitness? What, what's your journey like? The neat thing is never planned on it. It literally was a knock at the door. Uh, my office, my day job, somebody came to me, knocked on the door, and he said, hey, I've been looking to get to the next level of my life, and I've been talking to these life coaches and things like that, and none of them resonated. And I see what you do. I hear what you say. 
I want how you live. Would you coach me? And I said, I'm not a coach per se, but yeah, let's have a conversation. And it went well and it evolved from there and ended up going up to Brown University and getting my certification and then positive intelligence. And now I have clients around the world. So I help people get fit mentally. And so they show up better in life. Okay. That, that's, that's incredible. And, and I totally love this whole mental fitness because I am um, struggling with my own personal fitness and um, that balance between mental, spiritual and, and physical fitness, I think is really, really, really important. And it's really important in, in our space and learning and, and in leadership. So I'm super excited to hear a little bit more about that. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the topic of the week, folks. All right, we're talking <laughs> mental fitness. Awesome. So coaching people with mental fitness, talk a little, uh, a little bit about that approach um, and the things that, that we should keep in mind um, when it comes to that. So your brain on default, just the way it normally rolls, it looks for what is wrong, not what is possible. And I specifically mentioned not, it's not what is wrong and what is right. It's what is possible. See, the wrong and right is very binary. Something's black, something's white, something's wrong, something's right. I like this, I don't like that. And that is pretty much out of what we call your limbic system. And the limbic system has five main Fs it likes to do. It likes to fight, flight, freeze, feed, and fornicate. That is how our species survives, the five Fs. We're going to talk about four of those today, folks. That's the, the first four we're going to talk about. We'll probably not talk about the last one. Yeah, people do real good with the other one on their own. Um, <laughs> so that's how your brain is on default. It's depending on the studies, you read three to five times stronger than your more thrive oriented brain, which is your right brain and your prefrontal cortex. And what we've learned from studies is when we are present, call it mindfulness. Everybody is all about mindfulness nowadays. When you do that 10 seconds or longer, you literally improve the neural pathway to that other side of your brain. So what we've learned is if you can work on that presence, that's like your mental fitness workout, you get a better response from your brain and then you show up better. And that's, it's as simple as that, but it's as hard as that because then you get into, well, how do I do mental fitness? That was going to be my, my next question, actually. Like, how do I, how do I get started? Cause I think that everybody, I, I, I have so much on me that, you know, I've discovered that if I don't take the time, you know, having time in the gym is really important, right? So I can get those endorphins. I do it early in the morning mm -hmm. and then, then I feel better about my day. But if I, I've discovered that whole mental part is probably equally as important because if I don't, oh my God, 100% of the time when I don't, I have a really bad day. So how do I get started? How do I, how do we get to that point? Or what are some of the things that we could do to just ensure that we have a good day? Well, we can do it with you right now, Scott. Oh, wow. So pre-show, you were drinking a cup of coffee, I believe it was. I was. Yeah. Did you notice how warm? the mug was. Did you notice the taste of the coffee? Did you notice the coffee 
in your mouth and how warm or cold it was and how it satiated your stomach. Were you present to drinking that coffee or did you just drink it? Well, I was talking with you. Um, so I was more focused on talking with you. Um, but I certainly, I, I mean, I love my coffee. So I did notice how good it tastes. I have a little left here that I'm going to drink and won't be as warm, <laughs> but probably I wasn't probably as present as I could have been. How's that? Yeah. So the idea is next time you drink your coffee, it doesn't have to be your entire cup of coffee, right? But the first few sips, you become very present to that coffee. Just like the first time you talk to somebody today, be very present. Know the little differences and nuances about them. Like I try to be as present as I can. And I think you introduced Abby as the Duchess of Design. Is that what it was? I did. Thank yeah, you for noticing. Because <laughs> uh, well, uh, it's I true. Because it's so true. I don't know if people be seeing this, but what struck me is Abby has these matching glasses and a headphones. It's like a light pink <laughs> motif. And it actually picks up on a pillow behind you. It is all put together. And I'm like, she truly is the Duchess of Design. <laughs> well, I try. So- Tim, I have a question for you. I'm, I'm so glad you brought up um, Scott is coffee because I would say I think Scott, Scott probably does love coffee. I've heard him talk about it several times, but I wonder. So like the most I ever heard Scott talk about how much he was um, excited about his coffee is when he bought a new coffee maker. And what was that, Scott, like three, four months ago? Or am I losing track of time? Like you bought a you fancy new of, one? I bought yeah. a fancy new one a year ago. So yes. Yeah. So my question is. Do we sometimes confuse mindfulness with like a dopamine hit of like novelty? Does that make sense? Is that a is that a sensible question? <laughs> because like I I think sometimes we chase that dopamine hit. I certainly when I started running, I was like chasing a dopamine hit, not like being mindful in my runs. Um, yeah, you're you're on to the right thing. It's it's interesting you brought up. Scott brought up uh, physical fitness and we're talking about mental fitness and you talk about running and I'm an endurance athlete and on a good day, I actually compete at a pretty high level for my age group. And um, you can be very physically fit, but on race day, totally bomb. So what's the difference? It was your mental fitness. So to your point, Abby, it's not about the short game. It's about the long game. Take the short game win. Take the dopamine hit, you know, the endorphins, the dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, all that. It's all good. But <clears throat> what you can do with mental fitness by getting over to that right side of the brain, which I call your sage brain, is you get a longer sustaining type of endorphin hit. So if we're thinking of a campfire, instead of just throwing cardboard on there, that burns up and then burns down, you're throwing good pieces of like oak or maple, something that's going to burn and take a long time. So in a practical sense, yes, get your dopamine hit. And then when it gets hard, you become present to what you're doing. So it could be, I'm going to be present to my breathing and my cadence with my running. I'm going to be present to my footsteps. I'm going to be present to which muscles are activating are not activating. And what happens is when you're focused on that, you're not in that rumination process. 
And that rumination process creates feelings. And our feelings create other type of chemical reactions. And this, and that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy either way. It's just good day, bad day. You're getting life the way you want it. The question, I, that what I put to a lot of clients is, listen, you're winning at your game. The question is, what game are you playing? Ooh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, fantastic. So if I hear you correctly, it's, it's this idea of being present, right? So um, let's take a very real business scenario. <clears throat> Just imagine mm-hmm. that you're on your, oh, I'd say, fourth Zoom call of the day. Mm-hmm. Like that never happens, right? But let's just imagine for a moment that I'm on my fourth <laughs> Zoom call for today. What if? What if? What if that were to happen and um, that call starts? So, from a mental fitness perspective, I should immediately, before um, doing what I normally do, which is try to get a little bit of chit chat in before we dive into what's going on, because I'm a win over others guy, I should really be paying attention if they're on camera, right? Hey, what is so-and-so wearing? Um, what's their demeanor? And just kind of make some mental notes so I can transfer to the sage brain, so to speak. Is that it? Or is it more um, in-depth than that? You're in the right church and in one particular pew, shall we say. So what you want to do is move the brain through your body senses. So dig this. So if the, the survive brain is five times stronger, isn't it neat that God gave us five senses? So how do I get out of the brain? Use one or multiple of your five senses. What do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? What do I taste? What do I touch? So and let, let me capitalize on this. We, we started this with what if. Move into what is. See, you're, you're, yeah, <laughs> Scott just made a face. He like that. So you're, you're, you're ruminating your limbic system when it gets into the, what if, what if they say this? What if they say that? What if they don't show up? All this, any M, it's a twister. What do I do? Versus what is, what is happening here? I'm just getting on a call. What is the person on the other side looking like? How are they, even if you can't see them? How do they sound? I mean, listen, most of our communication is nonverbal anyway, right? There's a tone and inflection of how I'm speaking and you're all speaking. When I mean, this show is incredible because I've never been on a show with other people besides one other host. And you've got all these sound bites. I'm like, I wish I knew what to, like I could have queued up a sound bite or something. Um, so <laughs> there's still there's time. a lot of, op- there's still time. There's a lot of opportunity. <laughs> There's a lot of opportunity to move from the what if to what is and use one of your five body senses. I'm fascinated by that. Um, we have all these like um, tricks and stuff we do to to try and work with people more effectively, to be more mindful of how we work with people. Um, I think of like the compliment sandwich as being like, start with the positive and then, and then jump into what you need to actually t- uh, target. That... Um, to me, like the, the intent is good, but, um, unless they're really thoughtfully understood, um, just become like these habits we fall into. And it's easy to recognize, like someone's just throwing something nice at me so that they can tear at something else. <laughs> yeah. But, I'm not um, a fan of the compliment sandwich <laughs> at all. I'm, I totally yeah. know that it, 
oh, this is baloney. You just tell me what you need me to fix. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I hear you say move into what is. And I wonder like how much that would change an interaction with a coworker if you were trying to work on something with them. If you were to focus on what is instead of what it isn't or what it could be or blah, you know, how how that could really change your interaction and productivity. I think that's fascinating. I think it changes everything. There, are, So when you're in that limbic system, you have stories that pop up in your head. That's the what if. And specifically, there's nine saboteurs that can show up for you. The, the first main thing is your judge shows up. I don't like this. I do like this. That's black. That's white, et cetera. Uh, then you have nine saboteurs and you tend to make one your default. And I have an online test you can take. It's free and it'll unpackage your top saboteurs. Once you start knowing what is going on with you, meaning your judge and your saboteurs, you can at least check yourself at the door. So let's start with step one. How am I showing up? To, to your point of sandwich or et cetera. The second part would be, then how are they showing up? Are they in saboteur mode or are they in what we call sage mode? And you can pick up on that real quick. Now we have mirror neurons. So when you go saboteur, my brain wants to go saboteur and no good is going to come out of that. Right. So know who you are, know who they are. So let's say they are showing, let's get to your question. Let's say they're showing up saboteur. What can I do? Well, as long as you stay sage, instead of getting into the what if, get into the what is. I notice you're showing up this way. What is going on? And do it from a perspective and an intention, an attention of, I'm curious. I care. I want the best for you, which in turn means you want the best for this relationship versus the, you're not following my script. You're not telling me what, and I'm just going to, we're all just going to fight each other here. So does that scratch the itch of what you're getting at? Oh yeah. And it makes me wonder like if, obviously I'm asking for a friend, if they wanted to know, like, how do I, <laughs> if I wanted to say like, I don't even know where to start, right? Like you said, I'm glad you said you have an online quiz. That sounds like an excellent first step. Where, where do people start with this process? Like, am I a saboteur? Am I starting meetings this way? And how can I be aware of those feelings? Like, where, where would people start to, to begin to understand themselves a little more in that? Start with, because our brain is set on what is wrong, start with what isn't working well for you. You know, like the, the marketing guys tell me if I want to be the get people to be clients, it's fix a problem for them. It's like, oh, okay. How about we capitalize on something positive? But okay, we'll start with the problem. So what is not showing up well for you? And that could be a number of things. If it's, I want to get to the gym, but I'm not getting to the gym. What's the story you're telling yourself? See, your saboteurs, just like your limbic system and your brain, they want to put it, put things on automatic pilot. Why? because that makes it easy. So what does that mean? Burn less energy helps me survive, right? We've been sitting here breathing and we haven't been thinking of breathing. Thank goodness our brains know how to do that. But we then take it to the next level because remember limbic brain is about survive. So everything, if I'm in limbic, everything becomes a survive mechanism. Somebody cut me off, 
I respond with fight, flight, or freeze. Somebody didn't say hi to me in the hallway. What is that all about? So start with what doesn't work and step back from that. We call this blameless discernment. Step back without judging it and just like, why, why is Abby, why am I showing up like that? Like, this is your call with Scott. Like, dude, did you just see how I did that? What do you think is up with that? <clears throat> and be open to that new perspective. Make sense? Yeah. Do you, okay. So I, I love this idea around can I, because I'm a relationship guy, I lean really heavy on my relationships. But I can tell you that not all, not all of my relationships <clears throat> with the people, especially the people that I may serve, um, are like that. Right. So if, um, if, if I just want to focus in on the task, so if I'm working with someone very task oriented and they're task oriented people out there, right. They, they don't care what I had for breakfast. They, they don't certainly don't care about my coffee, which was delicious, right. They, they, they don't care about that. They just care about the task. So in that environment, am I just having a mental conversation with myself on what is versus an outwardly one or help me understand that? So if you're in a relationship where it's simply a matter of activate, we're just going to get this action done. What you want to do before you go in there is preempt your saboteurs. So if you know that you would like to have more of a relationship conversation, but they're just about ABC and we're done then know your saboteurs of, I really want to have a chit chat. I want us to share a cup of coffee. Know that <clears throat> you're not going to get that from this person and preempt those saboteurs. And then when you're in that relationship, Scott, and if they're just showing up with ABC and you really want to have that cultivating conversation and they're not following your script, now watch this. This is very sneaky. That's an invitation for you to see your saboteurs trying to show back up. See, you've told them before you went in the meeting, guys, this is just an ABC conversation. Okay, okay, Scott, we hear you. And then in the meeting, like, but talk to her or get to sit back down. You preempt the saboteurs in your head and we're just here to get ABC done. Or if you can in that conversation, just declare that. Man, I would really like if we could have a bit of a relationship conversation, whatever term you want to use, before we get into this. So it's, it is an internal and external, but at its base level, we have met the enemy. It's yourself. It's me, myself, and I. I am the problem. Because in any circumstance or outcome, there's a gift and opportunity. And if you're not finding the gift and opportunity that your saboteur is telling you, a lie. And it's a lie. You're Remember, you're getting life the way you want it. It's You're winning at your game. What game are you playing? But it sounds like the good news is at least you don't have to worry about other people change. Like, it sounds like it's a change you can make yourself um, through some discipline and, and mindfulness and achieve the results you want. Is, is that too optimistic? Yes. <laughs> No, it's not because you don't change people. You change your behavior towards people. Nobody changes unless they want to. And what's neat about this idea of mental fitness. So let's level set again. Okay. I got this limbic system. I hear the voices as a judge and saboteur five times stronger. So if I want to get stronger than that, I need to, if that part of my brain can do 500 push-ups, 
I need to be able to do at least 501 to be stronger. How do I do that? Presence exercises. Okay, and you can do it with what you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you touch. And then when I do that, I get to my right side of my brain, my prefrontal cortex, my thrive brain, my sage brain, my best self, all those neat flowery terms we want to use. What's neat about that is, is as you improve that mental fitness in the moment, instead of reacting, you can move to response. And then when you get like Jedi good at it, cue the Jedi music, lightsaber music, (laughs) you can move into choice. See, choice is a totally different energy than reacting. Reacting, fight, flight, freeze, choices, Jedi. Now, it's Neo, Nemo, just I see the, the twos, the zeros, and the ones, and I'm diving into the matrix now. See, like but the lovely Mrs. Gallagher is down the hall. I didn't decide to marry Mary. I chose to marry Mary. See, when you decide something, IDE, homicide, gentricide, fratricide, you're killing something off. Something wins, something loses. And that's what the limbic system wants to do because it's easy. Hit the easy button. And this is exactly, if I make it, make it a bit of an existential conversation, what's going on in our society. I'm right, you're wrong, and we can't even have a conversation now. None of us are going to get anywhere. You know, somebody wants to tell me, that's Roy put it out there, Timmy, you look like a white, privileged male. If you say I am, let's still have the conversation because if I'm part of the problem, I got to be part of the solution. And that gets back to your point, Scott, about relationships and your point, Ivy, about, well, how am I showing up? So the good news is you can move your brain from reacting to choice, but you have to work at it every day. Just like you go to the gym every day to be fit, you have to work at mental fitness every day. And the neat thing is you can hack it into every little thing you do. Sitting at a red light driving somewhere, instead of letting your brain ruminate, find a color that you've never seen. Play my little eye spies and find all the different reds and just focus on the reds along with the red light. And by doing that at that traffic light, you're improving the mental fitness. Remember, 10 seconds or longer. And I'll offer you this, whatever ruminations you have, tell them, get out of the car and sit on the curb. If you want them, they'll be back at the next red light waiting for you on that curb. (laughs) They, They always show back up. But you have a chance of showing up in a different modality. And that's mental fitness. So we talked to Craig Lloyd a few months ago, gosh, maybe a year ago. And I don't know if you know who Craig Lloyd is. He's another um, endurance athlete. He expressed a similar message of, he said, most people um, fear the worst possible outcome instead of focusing on the most likely outcome. Um, And that that keeps people from achieving their goals. Um, I am fascinated by how endurance athletes, especially I've talked to many, are really good at um, keeping positive mental energy, uh, you know, the work you do with physical fitness, Craig Lloyd's Mm -hmm. awareness of um, his rabbit holes he can go down. Mm -hmm. Um, In my head, I think, oh, these people are just like really good at discipline, whether it's physical or mental discipline. Um, What if we're not good (laughs) at discipline? How do we start Mm -hmm. to incorporate these, um, see our little wins um, and make like traction? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Abby. 
Abraham Lincoln said, any man can do for one day what he could not do for a lifetime. So what I would tell you that you probably heard from your other guest is then make it bite-sized chunks. So if I'm doing an Ironman, and I, I can think back to one in particular, Eagle Man, which is a half Ironman, but it was brutally hot. And I had a great swim, an epic bike, fabulous run until the halfway mark. And it was, it was gone. Um, then it became a matter of just get to the next aid station. And then if it's, I can't get to the next aid station, just get to the next telephone pole. Break it down into chunks. Your, your brain quits way before your body does. And let's go back to the secret sauce here. Yeah, how do I get out of the head? I go into the body. I have five avenues. Or stack them. Use all of it. But you're built to do this work. You're just not used to doing this work. Be why? Because your judge and your saboteurs love to have something to chew on. It's a racket. It's a persistent way of being that keeps dealing negative results. And that's how we show up sometimes in relationships. And again, that's why you're getting your life the way you want it. So break it down. And so notice when I'm going from, when I was doing uh, Eagle Man, just go from driveway to driveway. Just go to the next driveway. You don't have to go forever. Just go to the next driveway. Wow. Holy shnikes back, man. I got to the next driveway. Good. Do it again. Fall down seven times, get up eight. It's as, it's as hard and as simple as that. And you can do that by being present, not to the voices, but what your body's telling you. Just do it, to coin the phrase. No, no, I, I like it. And you should, well, somebody already copyrighted that. I guess that's a missed opportunity. Um, I, so I, I'm, I, there's so much to unpack and there's so many great things. And I'm thinking from a leadership perspective, right? So a lot of what we're talking yep. about are the things that you know, I need to do for myself, right? So love the... Love the love the mindfulness, being present, which is something that I know I need to get better at. And I totally agree with you. Like it, you have to make it a discipline. Like discipline is the only way to get to real success. Right? Is to just be disciplined. I I don't even think about going to the gym anymore. I I just go because if I don't, I feel like crap. It's kind of like you brush your teeth in the morning. Because, right? It's just one of those things. So I think discipline is really important. My question is though, all right, yes. I lead people. How can I help? Aside from getting them on the uh, Tim Gallagher clue training, getting the book, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, how, do I, how do I help them? How do I help people that report up to me be more uh, mentally fit? Or uh, even in those folks that are in our audience that you know are in the teaching education facilitation game like educators teachers how, how do we help our audience be more present in what's going on given the fact that we do live in a world full of saboteurs and a lot of um a lot of a lot of attention uh demons so to speak that that can really kind of derail our best intentions indeed so let's go back to uh what we talked about before of you don't change people you change your behavior towards people. So you have to know who you are. So this all started with somebody came to me and said, I see what you do. I hear what you say. I want what you have. Role modeling. And feel free to unpackage this one if you agree or disagree. Role modeling is our strongest form of learning. 
what I see, I tend to do. R- real quick on that, uh, the movie Jaws. Cue the Jaws mu- music. Dun, dun, dun. Um, <clears throat> Roy Scheider, who plays Chief Brody, is sitting at the kitchen table with the little boy. And he's steepling with his fingers and thinking like, I'm going to have to go out in the ocean and fight this shark. And the little kid starts steepling his fingers. And then Schrader closes his fingers and the kid closes the fingers. And then Schrader makes a face and the kid makes a face and he says, come here. And he says, give me a kiss. That wasn't in the script. Spielberg, who was brilliant, just let it roll. It was a classic example of people do what they see other people do particularly the young people. So particularly in the educational environment, first off, show up as the person you want those students to be. Know that role models are strongest form of learning. And you ready for this? This is going to zing people. Your intent means nothing as a leader. It's how you land on people that means everything. Every interaction has an outcome. So you have to walk in within intention and attention of what you want to accomplish there. So more specifically, knowing you have to know your team as a leader or know your students as a teacher. You have to teach them at the level where they can get it. It's not about them getting you, it's about you getting them. So there is, you have to be total sage. And one of the things you could use, one of the sage powers is empathy. So from a place of compassion and curiosity, What is it that's keeping them from getting this? So there's your relationship angle, Scott. Let's have a conversation. Hey, I know, so observation, I noticed this. We're not getting to that result. Help me understand. Notice I I avoided the, why are you doing that, Johnny? Why are you not doing that, Janie? See, when we hear why, we tend to get defensive. You guys probably know this. So it's, Go in with empathy or go in with exploring. I just want to understand. And there's actual games, I call it, for each sage power. It's empathy, explore, innovate, navigate, and then activate. And there's a game, a mental construct you bring to each one. But most of it is I'm very curious versus very accusatory. And you, you can only be curious if you're in your sage brain. Which goes back to, you got to go to the mental fitness gym every day. But just like going to the gym, the more you do it, the more you get the dopamine hits, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I, I wish it was that easy. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I love what you're saying and I totally agree with it. But I also, as I think about it, um, at least getting started feels, and I could be wrong, so zing me, right? No, you're not. It feels hard. It feels like, you know, this feels hard to me. And I say that because, um, you know, in any situation, I'm going to be asked to be something. But in that situation, I still need to be true to myself. And like you said, I love the, hey, show up. And and you're right. Our intentions, (laughs) I say this all the time, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And I've got a four lane highway right? Of great intentions to hell. Um, Because my intentions for me are always good, but that doesn't matter with the people around me. So anyway, back to what I'm talking about. In any moment, I am asked to be something. 
but I'm always going to be true to myself. And the stronger I am from a mental fitness perspective, the better I can show up given that situation and it won't matter, but that feels really hard. Yes. And it feels hard because you're literally activating neural pathways you're not used to activating. This is why learning a new skill set is difficult. It's really not about, you know, people talk about muscle memory. It's actually the brain memory that's happening. So yes, it's hard. So it really is a matter of, again, the word choice. Well, then what are you choosing? Yes, left on default, you can be that. And candidly, you brought it up earlier. That's why some people are successful and some people are not. Better put, how some people are significant and some people are not. Listen, it, we are talking about the education environment. I can tell you one of the strongest role models I ever had was an educator. You know, Tom Priory, and I'll, I'll send this to Tom Priory, and I have told him what he meant to me, and I still tell him when I see him. But it is not easy. And Tom Priory was a very well-developed spiritual and religious man. Now, I'm not saying that because I want to drive people in the church. If you want to go to church, great. But because today's Sunday, some people go to church for all the wrong reasons. And some people don't go to church for all the right reasons. You have to know who you are. To thine own self be true, right? That's popping some Shakespeare here. So what do you need to know about yourself? You've got a brain. Left on default, it will run you. But there is a way of developing it so you can run it. And that's mental fitness. But yes, it's work. If you say discipline, discipline, disciple, to study something, to be subservient to, yet nothing good happens by accident. You have to work at it. So that's why I started with Abby. So what's not working for you? Then start with the problem and get to what's good. Or what is good, capitalize it, make it even better. And so what can really make this work for people is when we do it in a group. You are 500 times more likely to keep something going when you're doing it with other people versus doing it just by yourself. So that's why there's also an app with this program and you do it for six weeks and you're in a pod. So you're with other people. We are gregarious by nature and we tend to do what other people are doing. So we're just hacking what's all in our brain and our body but we're doing it with an attention and intention of, man, I could have a way better life if I really work at this. So yeah, it's hard, but that's what I call it work. It's a four letter word. So hard I get, I'm curious what your thoughts on are on it also being scary, at least at first, because that whole, do they own self be true? That's a scary thing. Like the idea of facing, what am I, what am I doing? That's causing it like taking ownership that it's, that it's something we're doing and then being really, honest with yourself to, to face and judge what your behaviors, what your thoughts, how you're, um, you know, living the life that you chose. That's a scary thing, at least at first, I would think. It is. And it's scary because let's go back to the saboteurs. They will continue to lie to you that don't do that. Don't expose yourself. You know, we talk about vulnerability in leadership. What does that mean? That doesn't mean I, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I cry, but it means saying to my team, I did not show up well the other day. You deserve better. The team deserves better. My bad. And here's the actions I'm going to take. 
Yeah, you're right. And particularly in our Western society, don't do that. It's be stronger, be all that in a bag of chips. No, that's where the Eastern philosophies have something on us, you know, that kind of presence and owning it. So yes, why is it scary? Because the saboteur is going to tell you it's scary. It's going to convince you not to do it. To Scott's point, it's going to convince you, dude, stay in bed a little longer. This feels better. Right. But it depends on what do you really want out of life? So listen, this is going to be a little spiritual, a little, little religious, but just like you have these saboteurs, you have something very unique about you. Everybody does. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Finding your uniqueness that serves others is exactly why you were put on this earth. And we all have that call on. But you only find that when you get into that sage brain, because the sage brain is about other people. It's how I can serve. So you're right, Abby, it's scary. And the default is stay there. And that's why we have a lot of the issues we have in our society, in our culture. Not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's worthwhile. I think the biggest thing is making that decision, right? So we all have a decision to make, everybody. Like, even, even if you're slowly starting on this path, I think a lot of us are like, oh, the great awakening, I think, is happening. In my humble opinion, it, it, I see it all around me. Like, the great awakening is happening. People are beginning to wake up. And I think that that's fantastic. But we still have to make that choice. Without the choice, um, change will never happen. And so, you know, I first step for me, just... I'm done being miserable, right? I don't want to be <laughs> this way. Like life is um, spiritual or not. Life is more than this. Like I deserve to be happy. We all deserve to be happy. We all deserve to thrive. And if you're not feeling that way, the very first thing we should do, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, is look in that mirror and say, what am I doing? Why am I not thriving? Because I should. It's a promise that has been made to all of us. We've all been given this right. promise of we get to thrive and I'm not. Why am I not thriving? Okay, what can I do right. about it? Love that. So I feel like that's the first step. Um, and, I, and I love this idea of, you know, get with accountability partners that can help you. And um, I love the idea of pods and, and, and you're right. Like being, eventually getting to being that person that... You started the show off like, I want what you have, Tim, right? So if we can live a life of, hey, I've got it and I'm happy and um, I'm cheerful all the time. And those people are mutants, right? So we look at this, what's, what, what's wrong with you? No, no, no. It's not what's wrong with them. It's what's right with you. Yeah. Now, the beauty of what you just pointed out is, and I did a post on it the other day on LinkedIn, excuse me, not on LinkedIn yet, to my clients. Um, they're gurus. You know, you have gurus that bring grief. And all that's an opportunity. When someone pings you, it's an opportunity to go into sage and say, hold on, I'm not going to bite on this. Let me step to the side. Here's an example. I'm going to say a word and tell me what happens to both of you. You ready? One, two, three, here's the word. Water. Did anything happen to you when I said the word water? You didn't get wet, did you? No. Stupid. What happens to you? See, the, we, hear, we, we don't get wet when we hear water. I don't 
call you purple and you're like, I'm not purple. That's just stupid. But we hear other words and we make them mean something. Now, I'm not saying words can't hurt, but it starts with step one of, okay, that's more about you than it is about me. So that's the guru lesson there. And that reaffirms, that's a chance for you to go sage and then reaffirms your sage. And you go, you develop more of that neural pathway. So you're right. Life is nothing but an opportunity. It really is. It depends how you want to look at it. Yeah. This is why my little logo for the business is change becomes choice. You know, so if it starts with change because I have to, okay, we'll start with that. But get to the point where, yeah, I started working out because I need to lose weight. Now I just, I work out because it's what I do. I started working out because I was very sickly as a child. And I went and found the right doctor and we started swimming. That's how we started this with some medication. And then I became a national class runner and then a national class Ironman athlete in my age group. So it's, the, the disruption is an invitation. It is. So Tim, my husband and I, we're both in our 40s. We're kind of at that point where we're looking forward and trying to figure out what we want by looking back. And that always puts everybody in that place where they're like, you're having your midlife crisis. And we're like, no, we're just, we're just in our 40s. <laughs> but it, it, this seems like one of the, some, we've been in a place where we've thought about making changes. We've seen other friends of ours, like, I want to change my life. This seems like a way to really change your life without changing your job or moving or buying a new car. Like, this is a genuine way to change your life. Well, that's exactly your point earlier. So buying the new car, we know the deal. You'll feel good. And then that wears off, right? It's the dopamine hit you're talking about that goes away. But you brought up it. You actually brought up the navigate power of the sage. So where you're at in your life, you and your husband, here's, here's a great takeaway. Sit down and with a discussion and a piece of paper, you literally like look back on your life. and getting us here, what worked and what didn't work. And right from there, you can have your sage say, well, if that didn't work, let's not do that again. If this worked, let's do more of that. Then that becomes a value. And that's what you're using going forward. We saw this work. The value out of that is this. That's how we move forward. See, uh, Aquinas defined love as willing the good of the other. You know, so what what willing the good of the other do you have for your husband and you? That becomes a navigation power of the sage. And you're not focused on what was wrong. You're focused on what was right. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I am inspired. Uh, I am curious. Um, I, I want to learn more. Um, I think this is just- You're very sage right now, Scott. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, My I, job here is done. You no, know, it's your job. Your job is just beginning. Um, and, you know, as we begin to think about, you know, tying some things together, like what would, you know, what are some final thoughts you would want to leave with our audience um, as we kind of wrap things up today, Tim? What are some things you wanted to say but haven't had to or want to reinforce with us right now? It's the three-step, basic three-step process of, Notice how you're showing up that doesn't work. Identify your judge and your saboteurs. Then we've discussed, you can do a presence exercise real easily. 
Use one of your five senses for 10 seconds or longer. So real quick one is hearing. What's the furthest thing I hear, closest thing? And you keep going back and forth until the only thing you hear is your breath. And then identify your sage like Abby just did of how can I navigate? How can I innovate? All those type of things. How can I get to the better brain? So identify saboteurs, get present to the moment and find your better self. Cue the applause. (laughs) Hey, everybody should be walking around with an applause drop in their head, right? For all the millions of moments that, that we, we drop the, the mic, right? All the drop the mic moments. Tim, I want to thank you for uh, coming on today. We've had a really great discussion. I'm inspired. Um, I'm actually inspired to action. So if you could help us out, um, let our audience know how they could connect with you. LinkedIn is great. Timmy Gallagher on LinkedIn and the, the company Evolute Performance, E-V-O-L-U-T-E Performance is on LinkedIn. And the company's on, has a website, evoluteperformance.com. And would love if people mention your show, first four sessions are absolutely free. Pro bono. All right. Hey, thanks, Tim. Hey, folks, could you do me a favor? Will you hit that subscribe button and share this episode out with your friends? Amazing stuff on here that people want to hear. If you could do me a favor also, if you like the show, please leave us a review either, either on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever. Really helps us get information out to more people. And with that, I'm Scott. I'm Abby. I'm Timmy. And we're your fabulous learning nerds, and we are out. Thanks for listening to the Fabulous Learning Nerds. You know, there are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment of offerings. If you're, if you're thinking of giving it a try, if you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.